0: now. In today's episode, we discuss why knowing the root cause of your infertility struggles is critical and how to go about it. FemPower Health interviews Sarah Clark, author of Fabulously Fertile Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally. She also runs a fertility coaching program and shares both her wisdom and that of experts on her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. Today, Sarah shares her journey, details about her fertility coaching program, and why it is important to do the detective work early in your fertility journey. Please join me in welcoming Sarah Clark. You're doing such great work for those who are struggling with infertility, and um, I'd love for people to hear how you got to where you are today and what it is that you do to support these couples.
1: Yeah, I have my own journey with uh, infertility. So I remember in my early 20s, I was having a regular cycle. So my cycle was coming a couple times a year. I had great skin in my teenage years. And then in my early 20s, my, I started getting acne. Then I had this weird fungal rash on my chest. And then I had some yeast infections. I didn't think any of those were at the time connected to my fertility. But years later, I discovered they were. But at the time, I went straight to my doctor and was put on the pill. So I took the pill, uh, of course, I was a band-aid approach, didn't get to the root cause of what was going on. And then I had this life plan, getting married at 25 and uh, wanting well, to have my kids at 28. So I got married at 25 and then at 28, decided so I to come off the pill or just, or just just before 28. And when I came off the pill, my cycles, my, my cycles were still irregular. So when I did that, I went to see my OBGYN and I was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40 and told the only way to ever have children is by using donor eggs. And I remember her reaching up and grabbing the IVF brochure and off I went. I didn't connect any of those symptoms that I had. I didn't even get a second opinion. I went, I know it's crazy. So I didn't think back. I didn't even get a second opinion, but I went straight to the fertility clinic, got on a list for a donor egg and was lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter. She's about to turn 19. So this is back when you said donor eggs, people are like, I don't even know what that is. Like, Blank stairs, donor eggs. Now we have embryo donation, embryo uh, adoption. I have someone on my podcast talking about how she had, there was, she adopted some embryos and she has two little girls that are, I think, one and three, and the natural siblings to those are 13. So it's uh, cool what science can do. But um, yeah, so we, so then I had two embryos left over, wanted the kids close together. So after a year, went back in and I was super stressed. You know, so I them close together. My husband's like, you know, hang hang on, Sarah. I'm like, no, it's bound determined. And then went through that and that didn't work. And then we went on a separate list for a separate donor egg. And we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our son. So he's about to turn 16. So then and then really after I had my daughter, there was my my health like crashed. I remember having nine colds in every in one year. I took uh, each cold turned into a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for all the science infections. I started getting chronic bladder infections. Took antibiotics for all the bladder infections. Was, oh, peeing, was peeing blood. I had chronic yeast infections, vertigo, dandruff, toenail infections, seasonal allergies. All this, So my immune system was really low. Although I was still functioning, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have said I was a sick person. I was still doing my thing, still in corporate HR at the time. Um, and then I wanted, I was in corporate HR. Wanted to bring a life, a, a coaching course into. Uh, the corporate uh, um, area. So I took a life coaching course, had my own personal wake-up call, decided I really loved health and wellness, took a health coaching course. And that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for me, I'm sensitive to dairy and gluten, took those out of my diet. Lo and behold, sinus infections started to go away. Bladder infections started to go away. The yeast infections. And then later I took out corn. A couple years later after that, I did a stool test, discovered I had H. pylori, streptococcus, fungal infections. And then, you know, put together the whole chronic stress of me trying to do a hundred things at once. I didn't discover any of this until I was 40. I, oh, was, fully, I was fully in menopause. No, I was no longer cycling, nat- uh, cycling naturally. So my, my thing is to really get the word out about the functional approach, that there's things we can do to figure out well, why is it not working in the first place. And if you're cycling naturally, there's, you know, there's things we can do.
0: Right. So tell us about Fab Fertile then.
1: Yeah, so we take a functional approach to fertility. We have, we have access to functional lab testing. We use food sensitivity testing, hormone testing, stool testing, and hair testing to then develop a protocol to then help people make diet and lifestyle changes that really will dramatically improve the chances of conception. So really using, using a, um, like a targeted protocol with, with these tests to then make, make those, those foundational changes to your diet, to your sleep working on movement, uh, addressing the uh, the um, mental emotional stressors. So our, our whole thing is to address stressors, be it is it a food sensitivity, which we see regularly, most people come to me like, I don't have a food sensitivity, I, I, I eat a great diet, I'm fine. Like 99% of people that we work with, there is a food sensitivity going on. So we have both partners do the elimination diet taking out the top allergens, and then systematically reintroducing them to see exactly how food impacts your body. That's the gold standard to determine if you have a food sensitivity. And then, and then a gut infection. Most people wouldn't even think to see if there's a gut infection when we're dealing with, dealing with uh, infertility. The majority of people that we work with, there's some sort of parasite, a worm, a bacterial infection, a fungal infection. If your body's under attack by, by a gut infection, it wants to survive, not, not procreate. And then also the other stressors are environmental toxins. So we're exposed to over 85,000 chemicals in, in our environment from, the, from our, um, our personal care, our cleaning products, the plastics, our water, kind of in this big environmental, you know, this big toxic super, and, and it's impacting our, our endocrine systems and re- our reproductive systems as well. And then also the mental emotional stress. Most people I speak with have, you know, they're coming to the functional approach as a last approach. That's why I'm very vocal about talking about it, because I wanted them to come here first, not last after going through, you know, many failed site, uh, IUIs or IVFs. So the mental emotional stress is, is huge. Most people are, are in a panic, they're type A, um, go, 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 like throwing everything at it, and it's not working. And so those are, those are also stressors on the body. So it's really a, a mind, body, spirit approach to, the, to the, whole, the whole thing.
0: And uh, one question I, I do have, because I think you know some of the, the things you had mentioned that are issues like the food sensitivities, et cetera, are fairly clear. For the gut infection, um, does that have more to do with healing the gut microbiome? Um, or are there other things that people need to do for that just so we, we better understand?
1: Yeah so basically we're we're using the GI map stool test it's it's looking at, at the the health of your gut and then seeing you know what's what's in there then we're going to be de- then developing a protocol based on what it is we find and then being able to heal your body but if we if you were to take that to your conventional doctor if you if we found a parasite or if we found you know a fungal overgrowth they may recommend an antiparasitic or an antifungal which is kind of like an atomic bomb going off in the body we're going to recommend a more low and slow approach that'll keep all the beneficial bacteria there. And so it takes a little bit longer, but then you're not, you could eradicate the infection quickly with an antibiotic, a round of antibiotics, but then you still on the other end, have to then heal your, heal your gut. And a lot of people that, we've been, we, that we work with, they have leaky gut, which is intestinal permeability. So your, your body starts mounting an immune response to some of your favorite foods, and because all these, these, these foods are coming in and um, then it's predisposing you to gut infections as well. And a lot of people we work with have been on long-term hormonal birth control, which then predisposes you to food sensitivities, predisposes you to gut infections. And also you could be eating this great you know, nutrient-dense diet, but your body is not able to absorb the foods. So we're healing the gut by working on addressing the food sensitivities, addressing the chronic stress. Um, like, like me, who took heaps, I can't believe I even did all that heaps of antibiotics, like so many ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Cause I kept going and like, Oh my God, I got the science infection. I can't breathe. They just write the prescription and, and I kept taking it and destroy, right. I destroyed my back. I destroyed the beneficial bacteria in my gut along with 10 years of birth control that I was on and um, then the chronic stress. So all of that is like a it completely destroyed my gut health. So now we work to rebuild it with bone broth and collagen powder and like there's all the supplements to start to, re- to rebuild it, but also the stress piece helps as well. So it's addressing all of it.
0: It's funny what you say about the pill. So I actually just interviewed a woman who specializes in recurrent miscarriage and she talked about the training that OBGYNs get. And it just struck me when you said this. And, and by the way, just the timing of these interviews, that podcast goes live after the one with you and I goes live. The podcast will be launched in October, and uh, you know it'll be really helpful information. but what she had shared with this doctor who specializes in this field of miscarriage and recurrent pregnancy loss shared, is how OBGYNs are trained on birth control, and I don't remember exactly how she worded it, but like basically birth control and pap smears and some surgery, and just really like very general. Health. And when she said the word birth control, it just clicked with me. I'm like, no wonder all these women are going to their OB and the first thing they do is give birth control when there's a problem because that is what they're trained to do. And I don't think any of us are saying never go on birth control, but I think there's different types. They have different consequences. And that's, I see you shaking your head. I mean, from what I've read, I think even Sarah Bryden in her book the period repair manual, she does talk a little bit about, you know, some of the birth controls that are okay. Um, So those of you should uh, check that book out. But um, yeah, it's just really interesting, the training and how that influences the care that we all get.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because my daughter who's, you know, almost 19. So she's, you know, she had some issues going on and she went to the doctor and and I was like, okay, this is kind of, I I was saying to her, this is probably what it is, you know, which would maybe her diet was a little off and her stress and, and she goes in there because she was having a heavy period, and the first thing the doctor said is, "Oh, why don't we put you on the pill?" And she looked over at me and went, "Okay, well, maybe you know." Because I said, "This is what he's going to do. He's not going to dig dig any further. There's not going to be, you know, why is it off?" So it's a band-aid approach, saying, "Yeah, it'll it'll help acne. It'll help regulate your period." But what happens when you go off? Most people I speak to, they didn't go on the pill to uh, for prevention. They went on the pill because they had heavy cycles, light cycles you know, acne, irregular cycles, and the first line of defense, like for me, here's the pill, and it doesn't address the it doesn't address the root cause. I had um, Dr. Jolene Brighton on my podcast, Get Bring It Naturally, talking about uh, post-birth control pill syndrome, and that's what we talked about, where not everyone, obviously, that goes on the pill is going to have issues when they come off, but people that I'm seeing, when they come off, those symptoms are worse, or maybe their period isn't, doesn't come back for a while. There's all sorts of other things going on, and it I'm speaking to women that have been on the pill for 10, 15, 20 years because then, they're, you know, then they started going on it and they're, when they were 16 or 17 when their cycle started going off. And really, just got off a podcast doing a podcast about uh, fertility charting. So, looking at the fertility awareness method, like, why don't, and I lost my period at like, it's gone, like 40, it's been gone. So, um, but we like, you know, looking at your cervical mucus, uh, looking at your basal body temperature, looking at your, your cervix we aren't taught this stuff. We don't even, you know, cervical mucus, people don't even know what that is. So it is to be able to, and we're doing it using, you know, the ovulation predictor kits rather than actually the fertility awareness method, being able to understand our bodies. And I think, because we're taught as little girls or as teenagers that we're fertile all month long and that's just not the case. So, you know, why do we need, but look, there's a whole thing on the pill that it's women's liberation has helped us, but it's also caused a lot like to me if there's a side effect of stroke or death like why are we taking this i don't know
0: yeah no it i mean i think there's so much that needs to be understood not even just about the pill but so much more about women's health and i think it's so great that it's becoming mainstream to really work on that natural route and looking at root cause i mean how much you know things have come along with naturopath and with looking at the the gut microbiome I mean, so much has happened. I think that's really shifting people to look at the root cause. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we can see that shifting. The other piece I wanted to mention, cause you know, with the diet, like I, I'm sure you have on your podcast and we do on Fem Power Health, Amy Raup talked about epigenetics and um, the elimination diet. And then Kim Ross also talks about nutrition. And I'm sure on your podcast, uh, you have a lot of episodes about that. So I don't want to dive too deep into that because I think there's a lot of resources, but I do want to dive into the stress part because you know there's been mixed reviews around whether or not stress has an impact on fertility. And so I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I mean, I know you're not running a clinical trial, but I think to be fair, no one's really running clinical trials on these aspects. A lot of them are retrospective studies and things like that. So, you know, I I do want to acknowledge that it's not a clinical trial perspective you're speaking from, more from the experience you've seen with patients. But I'd love for you to share the part about the stress because I think it is important and I think people need to understand why. But then I'd also love for you to speak to those of us who would say, come on, (laughs) like right now it's COVID. What do you mean not stress? So I'd love for you to talk about the importance of de stressing and how people can do it in a realistic way given the society that we live in.
1: Yeah, so there are actually is there are studies on this with Alice Delmar. So she's she's the pioneer of, of of mind-body fertility. So she's a Harvard researcher, so she studied this for over 20 years. And she's done she's done mind-body fertility groups, which included visualization, meditation, uh, just being in a group with other women that are going to the same journey as you are kind of shining a light of compassion on to, onto the other person is, is really helpful. So people that were in women that were in that group, 55% of them went on to become pregnant within six months. And then 95% of them became a mother somehow within within two years. So that's just making mind like changes with your mind alone. So looking at basically around the stress piece of this. So, and we and we run a, a mindfulness group a couple times a year, really because there's so many triggers in this in this journey with comparison, feeling that you're you know behind. There's a lot of uncertainty. It'll it'll showcase every last kind of pattern or issue that you you know that you may have and bring it to the surface. And so, yeah, as you say, it's not about being because there's we all deal with stress. That's why in the functional approach, we're looking at the physical the, the physical side of stress. But also, if you're stuck in this mindset that it'll never work, then we're also looking at the spiritual side of things too. Well, if you knew the soul of your baby was waiting, how would you do things differently? We've, we've, you know, in this very masculine culture of ours, we've beaten out the, um, beaten out our intuition. We've, we've forgotten. We've outsourced our health to someone else. Like we've got the doctor telling us, "Oh, this is what it is. This is your." this is your diagnosis. We, we identify with the label of the diagnosis and we don't even look, look at me. I didn't even take a, didn't even get a second opinion. What the heck was I do? just insanity. When I think about it, you know, smart, educated person didn't even get a second opinion. Just went, going okay, down off I go. I actually thought I had it easier than other people. I thought I had it easier because, and I just had to complete, this is how I do things. I just visualized a, a positive outcome. I knew it would work, uh, but I thought I had it easier that I didn't have to go through years of fertility treatments. I could just do donor eggs and I'd have my child. So that's how I, that's how I dealt with it. But in the meantime, I was still, you know, planning. And if it didn't work, I would quit my job and take a trip around the world. Like, so all, all these things, but so the, the spiritual side of things is really important. Looking for this, looking at the signs, knowing that your baby, that soul of your baby is waiting for you because we get, there's a lot of getting stuck in the uncertainty, the pushing, the controlling, the, um, you know, what is it going to happen? And then the, the, the mindset if you're stuck on social media, like looking at other people's lives, feeling stuck in comparison, which is huge feeling that they're all, we run these groups, literally people will come and they almost, at the beginning, they're, everyone's crying because there are a lot of them, we, we encourage them, we can't force anybody, we encourage people to actually delete your Instagram account and your Facebook and go off of that and see how you feel. And there was one group where all of them did that except for one person. She still came in every week and she's like, I'm not... And just not feeling like, you know, she couldn't, she wasn't having any changes. And then they're all like, delete it, delete it. And she deleted it. And it was like, she goes, this was life-changing because she kept going on there saying, oh, so is having a baby shower. Someone's doing a gender reveal. So, someone over here is, you know, and the whole thing just triggered her into a complete spiral of, and her pattern or the overwhelming, th- or the, the looping thought was it'll never work. I'll never be a mother. And it just kept going over and over in her head. And that stress alone is like, it's, it's heartbreaking. So it is to really get honest about your mental, emotional stress. And I would I would encourage someone to, to join a support group or get help. Now, speaking of the comparisons,
0: one of the other things I wanted to bring up is um, how people will post on Facebook questions that are really, really specific where they want to know what else everyone had. So common ones are like, did you... When did you start to feel symptoms? Did you if you test negative on this day, this many days past ovulation, did you get pregnant? How many people got pregnant on the keto diet? How many people like so it, these are very like specific questions and you know I think you and I have discussed before that it's really individualized. So given you've seen so many patients in the area of work that you do, can you just talk about that so that women can hear loud and clear that it is not do X equals baby.
1: And I think also, so when you're seeing those questions and to go back and to see what's the emotion that comes up for you when you're in those groups and that that information is being said, you know, are you do you leave feeling empowered that okay, the keto worked for her, I'm going to start the keto. This says this is great, or do you're like oh my goodness, do you spiral down? So it is to to figure out the emotions you're feeling, and a lot of times most people will feel after infertility research, they don't feel better. They typically will feel overwhelmed and a lot of information has been spewed at them. That's a good point. Yeah. So because it is, so we, the functional side of thing is they're taking a very personalized individual approach and those generalized recommendations. You know, the keto diet may have worked for someone, paleo diet, the plant-based diet, the, all these different diets, they have worked for someone, but are they right for you? And that's why I encourage both partners to do the elimination diet. It's the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity. I believe that anyone, I believe everyone should be doing the elimination diet. But if you're struggling with infertility, have not done the elimination diet, I definitely recommend that you go to my podcast and it tells you how and why to do the elimination diet. And it's taking out the top allergens for 10 days and systematically reintroducing them. So that generalized, those generalized recommendations, I think are, um, it's, it just goes down a rabbit hole of, you know, taking a bunch of, because most people that come to see me are taking a laundry list of supplements. They don't really know why they're taking them. They just saw it that it was, you know, that you needed to take X, Y, or Z for whatever it may for fertility superfoods and fertility supplements and spending a lot of money that some of these supplements may, you know, may be harming you with filled with fillers and dyes and top allergens. We see people taking wheat gra- uh, grass shots, and we see a lot of people that have non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So if you're very sensitive to gluten, even though wheatgrass is said to be gluten-free, if you're very sensitive, that is definitely not something that you want you want to take. So just some of these recommendations that like it's, it's self-prescribing, it just doesn't work.
0: Here's what I will say um, on the flip side is I do like that people are asking these questions. And here's why, because the information is not terribly well centralized, which we're trying to do at Fempower Health. And so one issue is that you may not even be aware of a possible thing you could do, right? And so by hearing people talking about what they've done, I think it helps. But you're absolutely right. If it starts to instead of it being a curiosity, if it starts to make you feel overwhelmed, then it's not a good thing. But on the flip side, you know, people do want to know what the options are. And so it's it's just it's a really hard place to be. Because I know 10 years ago when I started my journey, there wasn't really anything. And now it's too much information. So it's, it's just, it's such a double-edged sword. And I, that's why I really like what you're doing because it's scrap the research, let's research you <laughs> and really take a step back and figure out what's going on with you. So tell us the approach. Like, So if someone were to do your program, and I know your dream uh, patients, meaning the couple or the woman, if she's trying to have a baby on her own. I'm assuming you work with LGBTQ as well. So all the combinations of people that want to have children, like how does it work uh, for them to come to you? Um, And again, we know the messages come early, but what happens when they start the program?
1: Yeah, we work primarily with couples, same-sex couples. We do work with some single women if they're doing a, a donor uh, donor sperm, but basically it's 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 couples. And, and so basically, we're starting both of them doing the elimination diet. Even if even if it is female factor infertility, there's always things we can do to optimize preconception health for the male as well. So we're doing the elimination diet again, taking the top allergens out. Then we're going to tweak that further with food sensitivity testing. The test we like in the U.S. is the Zoomer panel, and it's looking at, it's a very comprehensive uh, food sensitivity test, like a 96-page report, where we're going to dig into a wheat Zoomer, a soy Zoomer, a dairy Zoomer, and it goes in, in a granular, a granular, granular level, the, um, the proteins in dairy, proteins in wheat, soy, corn, and then also it includes an IgG test, and this is kind of the, the common one we do for food sensitivity testing, people that may, may have already had is the IgG, which is the bread you have on, on, on Friday doesn't impact you until Monday. So that's a delayed food reaction. The other one's, the other one's different. So there's a lot of false negatives in that where people have done an IgG and it's like, oh, I'm fine for dairy and gluten. But when we do the Zoomer panel, not the case. Interesting. Um, yeah, so this is a, that, this is a really cutting edge test that we're doing. Uh, it can't be done in uh, New York or New Jersey, but if you go out of state, you can get it done and then ship it out. So we do have some of our New York and New Jersey um, couples, they'll go to Connecticut and then we can get it or they'll go to Pennsylvania and they'll get it shipped out to us. Just okay. some more re- regulations in those states. And so those are so that's the one we're looking at. We also look at a, a Leap MRT. It's looking at 200 foods and food chemicals. Typically, foods in the uh, yellow you keep out for 60 days. Foods in the red you're keeping out for 90. Um, if it's high red, maybe never bringing it back in. Most foods can be brought back in. The top allergens are dairy and gluten. So we recommend people doing the elimination diet, keeping out dairy and gluten for 60 to 90 days, tweaking it with the food sensitivity testing we've had people intolerant to lettuce. So it's, it, wow. yeah, so it's basically those, fa- sometimes it's your favorite foods. If you have a leaky gut, so like me that were on the pill, took all those antibiotics, had the chronic stress, I had this leaky gut. It's all my favorite foods. I came back, I was intolerant. I, I literally at one point was intolerant to almost everything I was eating, My like avocados, all these healthy things I was eating. I wanted to take the report and throw it over my shoulder, but I, <laughs> I, I, I continued on. But yeah, so as I started to then take some of these inflammatory foods out, so you, you reduce the fire, and then then you can work for me had the gut infections. Um, you work on the chronic stress, and then you can eventually start to bring those foods back as you start to reheal the microbiome with your collagen and your bone broth and, and working on stress and ad- addressing those infections. So the, the diet piece is key uh, that I think a lot of people really get quite wrong so so it's the elimination diet so you feel how it how it how the food when you take those foods out and you feel it in your body and that the test there's no perfect food sensitivity test it is a snapshot in time um so that's the, the diet piece and then we will then fine tune it along the way and then we are doing the dutch test looking at that your hormones using urine really gives us a clue of the pathways so Your that your hormones are going down as far as your um your sex hormones, your cortisol levels. We see people with like flatline cortisol levels. They've been through years of treatment. They're completely, completely burnt out. And that then impacts their sex hormones. Um, And then also melatonin. A lot of people are supplementing with melatonin. So it's sky high. Um, So that's not a good thing either. So so many people will will take this very um, like allopathic conventional approach to their hormones. Oh, progesterone's you know, uh, low. I better take a progesterone, or or the, the estrogen's low. Let's take some bioidentical hormones. So it's we we don't do that. Like that's the last step because that's a band-aid approach. We're like, well, why is it low? You know, is there a thyroid issue? Is there food sensitivities? Is there gut infections? Like it's all to dig into why and then to be able to heal. So the so the Dutch test is again a cutting edge test that gives us snapshot of your hormones over the course of 48 hours. And that helps us develop our protocol. The stool test is, is the GI map stool test that we're using. And that, again, is looking the majority of people we work with. There's some sort of a parasite, a bacterial infection, a worm, a fungal infection. We see H. pylori being passed back and forth between couples uh, via saliva. So that then lowers your, your, your stomach acid, which if you have low stomach acid, you're eating this beautiful organic nutrient-dense diet. Your body's not able to absorb, absorb those nutrients. We see that a lot, that you're well-fed but, mal, but, but malnourished. So that's a, a, a theme we see. And then the last test we do is the hair tissue mineral analysis test. Again, so you can tweak some of these things with with the, with the hair. Um, you can tweak it with diet and with supplements. So we use all those those tests, and then we develop that that protocol. So it's a six-month couples coaching program where people can then make those, those changes. And it, the testing is the beginning, it's the implementation. So I've made all these changes myself. I am by no means perfect, but hopefully some steps ahead of, you know, ahead of my clients and to be able to like walk the talk. So I'm not gonna have someone change their whole diet where I'm sitting here eating cheeseburgers. So really being able to have people get out of their own way, um, have look at their patterns, be able to have, have them look at things differently. And a lot of people with infertility, they can be in a very dark place, maybe not being able to visualize it working feeling most people I work with our type A busy professionals. They're yelling, almost jumping into the, out of the zoom room, give me, give me the supplements, give me the protocol. I want to fix this now. So that person, it is equally as important that we look at the mental emotional side of things, yes. the pattern of, Oh, I want to like beat this up. I want to attack it. I've achieved everything in my life and now I will achieve this. So that is like, how do we move back into our feminine side that's the whole spiritual thing with the spiritual nudges that we all get and those synchronicities like that kind of stuff. It's equally as important of us addressing all the, the physical things. It's a very holistic program that includes your partner. You just, I do not believe, you know, unless you're doing a donor, um, a donor sperm or a donor egg, even with a donor egg, obviously as a, we do coach a lot of people that are, are many women that, are, that have chosen donor eggs. And so you still need to prepare your body to accept the implement, uh, implantation, because typically if you're going to donor egg, there's other issues as to why it's not working. I've got someone who's pregnant right now and she's pre- pregnant with donor eggs and she had Hashimoto's. So we, we helped her through you know through autoimmune disease. We see a lot of people with, auto, with autoimmune disease. So it's, again, we address healing opportunities that typically in the conventional side of, of thing are missed.
0: I must attest that, unfortunately, late in my journey, I think, you know, we were in similar boats where we learned all these things pretty late in the game. And, you know, I really started, I, I've, I'm one of those people who likes to try everything. And about every 90 days or so, I kind of cycle out of it. I'm like, let me try the next thing. So I've tried it all over the past uh, 10 years. <laughs> and I, I did the uh, elimination diet last year. And I cannot say enough about that and the stress So for me, like with the elimination diet, what I learned, red meat makes my nose run Mm. like strangest thing ever. And it runs all day long. (laughs) Like, and it seems like I have a cold or something and it's red meat. So if I eat red Mm. meat, I just know my nose is going to be running. Mm. But then also like I carry around, like if I eat too much sugar, my body almost like, it's like a bloat all around it. Not like just in the stomach. And if I cut out sugar, I lose five pounds in a week. And it's, Mm -hmm. I'm not starving myself or anything. I just, cause when you stop the sugar, you stop eating other bad things that kind of just overall creates a healthy self. And I will lose like five pounds. It's crazy. But then even the stress, you know, I'd be curious on your your comment on this is um, like, I've found that anything in life that doesn't make you feel good has an impact from the friends you're spending time with, you know, obviously the social media, you know, how you're spending your free time. Like I learned that if I listen to music at night versus watching a TV show, I feel a lot better. And it doesn't always mean I choose to listen to the music, <laughs> but I do notice the difference. And it's it's amazing when you really start to observe what's going on in your life because I think we're just all so busy. We live on this autopilot and I'm 46 and you will not believe this. My cycle is regular after a year and a half or two of it being opposite, long cycle, short cycle, long cycle, short cycle, and then months of not having a cycle, it is now regular because I'm mm. taking care of myself. Like mm. So I, I just wanted to share that because it is not a joke what Sarah is saying here today. And it's just, it's really great to see what you're doing. So what would you say, I mean, obviously with, you know, people not necessarily looking at root causes is one I, I can imagine you would say to this question, but what other significant gaps do you see in the fertility industry that I think, you know, those who are trying to conceive should be aware of so that they're not blindsided when they start on this journey. So they're starting out and they're like, what do I do? And a lot of us, I think are thrown on straight into the IVF journey, both because we're a type A, but also I think doctors encourage it probably quicker than they should. But I think just given that dynamic, you know, what should people know about and, and what are these gaps?
1: Yeah, I think as and so you and I did a podcast talking about some of the testing. So like the te- they get those basic tests done, some of the hormone testing and the pelvic ultrasound and some of those other tests. Definitely go check out. Get pregnant naturally. Where Georgie and I are talking about that. But um, it, so it's the basic test, but there's a lot of like that's only the part of it, and there's a huge amount of things that are that are missed, I believe. And I think because from that is the referral right to the RE, and um, the RE is trained to do IUI or IBF. And so that's where they're gonna say. They're not gonna say to look at the whole body. They're not gonna say to you, oh wait, your sleep is off. That's a clue. Oh wait, your cycle is off. Oh you've been on hormonal birth control for years. Or I've got people telling me, oh by the way I have an autoimmune disease. So it's not, oh by the way I have an autoimmune disease. That is a huge clue that's been missed and to me, going ahead for an IVF or an IUI, it, it just makes, it doesn't make any sense. I, I clinics, they, they were fertility clinic or, or IVF was developed for people that have issues with their tubes. And now it's being used for every last diagnosis you can think of. Now, also, obviously, there are some things that, that it does need to be used for potentially if there's cancer, or if there is a tubal thing, even with blocked tubes, there's, If there's scars and adhesion, there's a podcast episode I did with um, physical therapists that are able to remove adhesions and help people's tubes open up naturally. So, to me, there's a lot of things that are missed, and you know, it's big business. Fertility clinics in 1985, there was 40, there was 44 uh, fertility clinics. Now there's I think 440 as of 2015 in the states. So, this is you know what is going on with our population. We're in the middle of a huge food experiment with our food being sprayed with glyphosate, which is a herbicide linked to infertility and a whole host of other diseases. Um, all the environmental toxins we're exposed to. You know, I watched Handmaid's Tale and I, I look at that show where, you know, everyone on the, in, that, in, that, in that, Mar- that Margaret Atwood kind of dystopian world is infertile. And I don't know. And it's talking all about the toxins. It's to me, wow. it's, not the, it's not that far off. And, you know, it used to be 60% female uh, factor infertility. Now stats are showing more than 40% male. Now it's more 50-50 male sperm being really impacted by the, by the environmental toxins, especially EMFs with your phone. You know, if you're your male partner, make sure the phone is not, not anywhere near, uh, near your body. Those EMFs have been, have been linked to uh, motility and sperm count and DNA fragmentation. So I believe, like, I, I know there's a, so many more things you can do than just going to the clinic. All of this is a personal choice. Uh, the functional side of thing, you ha- there, is work, there is work you have to do. You've gotta look at all those stressors. So if you think it won't work, you're probably right because you're, you're gonna sabotage yourself. But to me, if um, like someone who's just starting out, I, I just think looking at the basics, looking at your sleep. We worked for months on sleep hygiene. So if your sleep is off, insomnia, interrupted sleep, you know, waking up, feeling exhausted, that's a huge clue, digging into your sleep hygiene movement. It's not about we see a lot of t- like type A training for the marathon, running, you know, 30 KMs a week, that is definitely not a good idea. So it's like over exercising and under fueling if you've got new people are underweight, that is equally as dangerous as being, you know, overweight, many, many people are gone to the clinic and being told, you know, lose weight, which if anyone that's struggling with weight, of course, they would lose weight, if, if they could, but that's it, easier said than done. In a functional approach, the weight just comes off because you're eating food that your body likes. And then the stressors too, like dealing, I, most people I spoke, speak with for infertility, they've been struggling for years. It impacts your relationship and it'll bring you together or tear you apart. That's why I coach couples because I was just coaching women and I missed the whole section of the man over there saying all the things, he may not even you know, he feels he may just have to support his, his, uh, his wife or partner, but he's equally in pain. He wants to expand his family or have a baby as well. And he's typically not joining Instagram and telling all his friends about this. It's a lot of, (laughs) a lot of secret, like a lot of shame. And if it is male factor, even worse. Yes. So I just, I, I believe your, your body is whispering to you every day. And when you ignore the signals, it'll start shouting out the form of disease. And so what is your body trying to tell you? And We don't need to go and ask our close network of friends, our family, our dot. like we know. So to really get tune into that intuition is key.
0: What would you say to those whose response may be, I don't have six months for a program. I want my IVF now. I want my baby now. Um, My biological clock is ticking. I can't wait six months. What would you say to them? And how have you convinced the type A's to get that message that this is a must?
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't typically convince my thing is like to educate. So it's <laughs> well, like, I, yeah, I guess yeah. maybe,
0: not, maybe that not, is not the right word more of just like, how do you help them internalize the
1: importance of it? I guess is yeah. probably a better way to yeah. say it. So it's to say, wait a minute, if you're going over here, so an average IVF, you know, you've, you said it's 2.5, I've seen three. So it's like three cycles, potentially an average at a cost of $60,000. So that is a massive investment for it to, to work. And, and let alone, going through three cycles each time, thinking that's gonna be the one, and the emotional heartache, that even if insurance is paying for that, the emotional heartache. So so why are we doing, so if you want to increase the success of that, let's get to the underlying issues as to why it's not working. So we're doing a blood chemistry review, looking at your blood chem um, through the lens of function, that the functional ranges, which are for healthy people, as the conventional range is people with disease. So it just flags it earlier. So we're, we're catching thyroid issues, blood sugar issues, absorption issues with low stomach acid, your cholesterol, all sorts of issues have been caught. So to me, there is never a negative side to working on your health. So it's a healthy mom and dad, healthy pregnancy, a healthy postpartum period, healthy child, like taking six months. I interviewed Dr. Ben Lynch, who's, I just love him. He's a, he's a, a functional doctor and he's a naturopath. But he takes a functional spin. He's the author of Dirty Genes. And he talked about, why do we spend 12 to 18 months planning our wedding? Month one, we want to get pregnant. Why don't we switch that around, spend 12 to 18 months planning our, our, for our baby? This is like the health of us and our, our future generations, like epigenetics. It's huge with diet and lifestyle, either turn on or off disease. So why, why don't we switch that around and um, work on our health? And, and so, but it, that may not resonate with people because a lot of people are in a panic. And so this is not for them because then they'll just do it. If you're going to, because it's still an investment in the functional approach, you get, these are cutting edge tests, and you know, we're coaching you through it. So you still need to invest in it. And then you're going to make the changes. So if you're just going to take the test and then not make the changes, it doesn't make any sense. But if you're like, okay, I can give myself six months, grand scheme of, of, of life, of the health of my child and all of this yeah and it is it also is to see that because you with the planning and the moving ahead so quickly, what is it We're a lot of times we're well we're running from ourselves and we're in this panic and you know I just think it's it's well, it's our culture and all that stuff that we've we've been conditioned for that and also maybe a pattern for you I was super impatient i w- i want everything like and it is a pattern for me I have to continually work on that or I become very frustrated i It shows up as um, like an angry, irritable if things aren't going my way. So I am now like in general in life, like trying to be in more in the journey and not like pushing ahead, like a freaking maniac. And so that, that shows up, like most things patterns will show up more during, during a time of struggle. Right. So if you're like an impatient type a, whatever, that is going to be, you jump through the zoom, zoom, zoom call. you know, go on, it'll come on a hundred miles in like an hour. So it is to get honest about your patterns
0: no it's it's true, and you know I, I will say over the years, like i I've mentioned you know I also went on my own journey, and the one thing I realized is like feeling good like there's no price on that um, feel like once you get to feeling good, like I remember when after three years of that craziness, I mean, I did try a lot of stuff, but I was trying the wrong things and staying anxious the whole time. You know, I get the diagnosis of endometriosis and told no more gluten or dairy. And I remember arguing with my doctor about it. I'm like, can I have wheat germ? He's like, no, it's gluten. I'm like, but it's healthy. He's like, no, it's gluten. So I would like have all the, I'd call him like every couple of weeks. Can I eat this? He's like, no. And I got frustrated, but then I just started feeling good. And then I I just I didn't even care. Like it just over time evolved where I was like on this journey of like, wow, I didn't even know that my normal was that. And you can feel so much better. And now it's just like, I'm on this journey of like, I mean, during this time of COVID, like I gained weight. I'm like, how did this happen? And I've learned I have to get outside the house outdoors for 30 minutes to work out and take a short walk. And that is all I, if I can do that, it changes. And so, yeah, there's no, no price on I'm feeling good. And, and I do hope people get that and have that, you know, journey to really understand the root cause and what makes them feel better, because it's not just helping you get pregnant. You
1: feel good. Like yeah, journey's that, hard. Yeah. People that come to me, it's not a sick population. Most people are like, I feel fine. It was me. I feel fine. But you don't know how poorly you actually are feeling until you start feeling freaking awesome. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's good and then there's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say surprises the people that work with you the most?
1: Yeah, I just think it. this, so the fertility journey will impact all aspects of your life, but also the functional side of things does as well. So you start, you know, you start being aware of your patterns. You start seeing how, how food impacts your, 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 your health. I just, I just had a client just this afternoon and he was saying, oh, you know, I used to get headaches all the time. And oh, actually... He's only been, it's only been a couple weeks since he did, did the, the, the elimination diet. He's like, actually, I haven't had a headache in a while. So you'll start to figure out if you do have the headache, it was because maybe you had, you got exposed to gluten. So you'll start to know like all these little weird, we all have those health symptoms that are common, but not normal. Like the, the headaches all the time, the um, acne, skin issues, acne, the mood issues, all those things that are common, but not normal. And then you'll be able to link it in going, oh, wait, now I know why. So it is the, to me, and then also people are like, what are you doing? And so you start getting your friends and family start asking. Some of them will change along with you. Others will, you know, start pointing at you and ridiculing you. And, and, you know, that's, that's fine. So they can, they're, they're on their own journey. I find people will come along later. I, yes. got, friend, I got friends in the beginning who are like, what are you doing? And yes. now, oh, they've changed their diet. And lo and behold, their IBS has gone away or what you know, whatever it is they've, Talking about in the beginning, I was on a soapbox yelling about how blah blah blah. (laughs) Now, now I'm now I have a podcast to get to talk about it. But I'm, but I, but I, I just want to get the message out about this. But I don't preach to my friends or family anymore. And it's like if you if you see anything that I'm doing that is of any interest, then you know feel free to ask me because I'm feeling pretty good over here. It's, It's by no means any kind of perfect thing, but yeah, from how I was with multiple antibiotics, peeing blood science infections every minute seeing doctor after doctor and you know nothing working to no now I'm like oh if if a bladder infection does come on I can I have some natural remedies to be able to to be able to, to stop it and it was probably because I had a glass of wine on the weekend and too much wine or maybe some sugar or whatever it was that triggered it so I can go back and go oh well that's why but it's not about deprivation it's not about starvation it's like I eat people are like what do you I'm like I I eat freaking awesome foods there is no there's no suffering. People, are, what do you what do you eat? There's no suffering.
0: It's yep. like awesome. No, I know. Speaking of good food, such a random thought, but it came to my mind. Like <laughs> I remember when I was little, how I used to hate green beans. It's because it was canned in the school. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh my god! <laughs> like, oh my god, to eat fresh
1: green beans. How- yes. Like, but like, how good. It tastes. Yeah. Like I literally for years was eating brown crap on a plate. Campbell's I was talking to my husband last night. We're like, yeah, remember like when we in our early twenties we used to like get that lean cuisine and all those kind of like those store-bought <laughs> stuff. We're oh like, my God. We're, they're cheap. We're saving money. Um or no, we were actually saying they were expensive. They were a treat for us when we would, you know, bring that for to, to, to work for lunch. But and I the whole time I kept like craving vegetables. And I'm like, yeah, because my body didn't want to eat that junk in a can or or brown stuff on a plate. So <laughs> it is just I don't know. It's it's eating stuff that makes you feel good. And that when you make those kind of decisions, then it just helps with it's like it, it's just a ripple effect of oh, the whole it time. totally does. It really
0: does. When you start to when you really start to pay attention instead of being on autopilot, it is amazing the transformation. So you have the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast and such incredible episodes. And I don't even know if this is a fair question because you've even already mentioned here some of the great people that you've interviewed and the good topics. But if you were to pick like a couple of either favorite episodes or unique topics or like something people must listen to, like what would you want to to call out for people to start getting to know the types of things you talk about to help with trying to
1: conceive? That's a good question. Because yeah, I know I literally try to curate the topic to kind of have people go, oh, that's cool. I have that. I want you to dig further. So I did one. So we see a lot of people with not situational anxiety, but anxiety they've had for years and our depression they've had for years. Now they're dealing with infertility. So we have a functional approach to mental health, an episode on that. Also, I just did an episode with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Boham, and so he she is on the team for Dr. Mark Hyman, who is my like freaking. Like, I'm trying to get him on the podcast, but he's like the pioneer to me of, of functional medicine. So he she is on his team, and so she is just and she teaches at the Institute for, Institute for Functional Medicine. She's just so freaking smart. This episode's coming out in a couple of weeks, so it'll air when as we're talking we're talking about this now. It'll already have aired in the summer, but talking about infections, so we take we about the functional approach if you're dealing with those infections like I did and infertility, because we see that a lot. Um, another favorite episode of mine was another good one that I actually like that, that I recorded with my with my team is what to do next after reading it starts with the egg. And we're, we're talking about yes. that. Yes. I, I, I still listen to it, but I have to, I'm dying to hear what you guys talk about. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, we really took apart because everyone, most people in the fertility community have read this book. It was published yes. in, two, in 2014, same year as my, as, as my book was published. And then it was republished again last year. And so it, there's, there's, it is kind of, it is geared to more for IVF success, but the the updated version does have a a lot lot more information in it. But we just talk about a functional spin on those recommendations because we get myopically stuck on like, how do we increase our egg health when we're looking at the whole body? So we take apart all the recommendations and then just take it a step further with the functional thing. And ours is like, why, why, why put that on that detective hat? So that is um, to me is a cool episode where hopefully you'll You'll have some aha moments on that one if anyone's listening. Yeah, I will listen.
0: And I I may even stick it on my website, on my fertility page, because, you know, as you know, my mission is not to be the expert on all topics, but to share with people who the experts are. So I will definitely uh, put that one on there. again, just the work you're doing is incredible. And I wish this was around when I was struggling because I certainly did the research and I think what you're doing is the right thing and really just helping set people up for success. And I'm sure there's still patients who have to go to IVF, but you know, you do everything to at set them up for success if they can't get pregnant naturally. Given the work you're doing and what you're seeing, what would you say is your greatest hope for those who are struggling with infertility?
1: Uh, I really, I think it's to listen to your intuition, like to build that board of directors where it includes your RE, your OBGYN, your fertility coach, your nutrition practitioner, your masseuse, your ACU, your Cairo, not all at once, but you're in the middle. <laughs> yes, there's <does> a lot. <laughs> but you're in the middle, you know, your body best. And we typically will, when we get the diagnosis, we go straight to the, well, we the OBGYN, uh, your OB first, and then go to the RE. But what about the other people on the team? And most of all, like, what about you? What about your body? Those common, but not normal symptoms that we're all experiencing. I haven't had one person yet come in and they fill their health history out. And the only thing they have on there is, is the infertility diagnosis. No, there's heaps of other things that have been missed, like healing opportunities for us to dig into, to optimize your health plus your, your, your partner's health. So to really listen to yourself. Such a great,
0: a great suggestion. And and, you know, maybe even to add to that pause and listen to yourself, because mm-hmm. I don't think we do that very often. No, Sarah, thank you so much for for everything you're doing with Fab Fertile and your Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. I think the the content you dig into is great. And you have incredible guests who really dive into some of these topics. And I think a lot of them are honestly relevant, even if you're not trying to conceive. Because I think the themes are very similar, to some of the things that I've been noticing as well. So Thank you for making time today and educating people on the great work that you do. So everyone check out Sarah's work. I look forward to staying connected. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's great. It's great to chat.